this time on the Popular Parallax. Black and white Christmas with a chance of Technicolor. Hi there, and welcome to the Popular Parallax. I'm Jerrica Lala, and with me, he'll come down your chimney for a price. Captain Nancy. Nance? That price is two Oreos and uh, like half a glass of milk. I'm a real cheap date. I like the mint Oreos. I like the birthday cake Oreos. I like the vanilla Oreos. I like the Oreos that are like covered. They've got the icing all around them. I like the double stuff Oreos. I like... I have an eating disorder. (laughs) (laughs) I like binge eating while I watch shitty TV at 3 a.m. I brought Oreos into work like a couple weeks ago and I accidentally got double stuff, which I'd never had because I'm an old lady. And now I may have, like, I didn't, I haven't bought more because I mainlined them. You've just been like, like I was just like, I'm just going to have like two to eight, like right now, like a sleeve full. Yeah, just yeah. a casual sleeve and it's full just, of it's just, it's just icing. It's just icing with like a biscuit on it. <laughs> How does he fit down those chimneys when he's eating double stuff Oreos all night? It's a lot of ab work. It's a lot of core work. You've yeah. got to, you've got to, you've got to pull it in, and then Nancy is known for ab work. I just forgot I have something more important to do. Bye. Because he was just telling me about a new show where he's not wearing clothes again. Again. So this is like your whole career. It's uh, my hit at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's the ingenues, there's the leading men, and then there's the abs. What was the horror movie I watched you in? The short about the- I'm not the... sure I want to- You don't want to <laughs> go into that? <laughs> it's very Googleable. It's called Fuck Buddies. I liked it. It's- But the you know the scene I'm talking about yes it made me want to vomit as i vomited over and over over again yep oh boy this is the kind of talk that really puts me in the christmas spirit (laughs) brings us together and by the way when i said i'm throwing up i'm not throwing up vomit i'm throwing up semen (laughs) (laughs) fun for the whole family making me want some milk and cookies yeah yeah it's one of those things where it's a project leave that that out for santa claus that you get involved in and then halfway through you're like um, what am I doing? Is this is this really where I, I thought my life was going to be? Like when I sat down at 18 and I thought, where do I want to be in 10 years? Is, How long is ago this was it? that? Three years ago? Right. Okay. It's still so you were still like, old you were enough legal. to know better. Yeah. I mean, for a man, that's like being seven. That's the decision level that's happening. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. What? How was Christmas for little Nancy in Alberta? My favorite holiday. And has it remained still is my, my favorite yeah, holiday. Yeah, it still is. It's such a magical time, you know? And when you're a kid, it's really about the presents. I mean, it's now it's about sure. the family. And yeah. 
and, you know, I live on the opposite side of the country than most of my family. So it really is just getting a chance to see them and yes. reconnect. And yeah, so becomes wrapped up in a nostalgia yeah. thing. On the other hand, dairy fat. Oh, just animal fat. Gaining that winter weight. So you're ready to hibernate. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what it is. I, mean, I, I my get home. My hair gets thicker. I get fatter. My nails get stronger. I just turn into like a nice, puffy lady pillow. And I just roll all the way home to Toronto. That's right. People say, Jerrica, you have the glow of an obese woman. You look beautiful. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) And then by Valentine's Day, I just have the glow of a slightly fat girl. So it's not as magical as that special December time. It it really is the most wonderful, stressful, awful, Insane. insane, beautiful time of the year. I mean, think of where I work. My day job involves a production that is Christmas-centered and dance. You might be able to come up with what it might be in your head. (laughs) And it is full-on four weeks of... Just Kwanzaa. (laughs) Kwanzaa craziness. Like, (laughs) dancers want to shoot themselves. Yeah. Crew, box office, all kind of wanting to die, but you get through it because that mm-hmm. spirit of the season mm-hmm. is just carrying you yeah. and you're just like, come on, Xmas day. And let's I used, go. I used to work in a place that had a Christmas village. Uh, oh every year they would set up a Christmas village for <laughs> it's five like my weeks. my worst nightmare. <laughs> and it is. It's, it's beautiful when you walk through like really late at night and it's sure. deserted and all the lights are up and there's a massive tree, there's carolers, like it's beautiful. But then there's these peak hours every evening and on weekends where there are 30,000 people yeah. trying to cram themselves in this really small sort of neighborhood in, in the city and it just becomes chaos. Like it's home alone. It's, 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 it's that, that Children the are madness. all lost oh and, and yeah. you just got parents screaming their children's names and crying and and we we had this woman come into the place i worked and, and she was like i thought my child was gonna die and i'm scared for the safety of my children i think that really embodies the spirit of yeah. christmas it's yeah it's, for it's, anybody working with the public or working in retail it is a lot and i those people can go off christmas it's a mistletoe nightmare yeah i'm still with it i think part of the nostalgia for me the big factor is actually the films the films the the music and the food opus he was this that penguin he was a cartoon and they made this christmas special and it's a wish for wings that work and it's so bizarre it's so absurd there's like this there's a scene where it's like a crisis group for birds who can't fly and there's this it's, it's so heartwarming and and it really tapped into this like absurdist sense of humor that I had as a kid that I couldn't I, I, I had no idea where else to find these things and then I found Monty Python and a lot of British comedy that, that fulfilled that but I'd say full movie Grinch's Soul Christmas <laughs> Okay, okay. The Boris Karloff. My sister and I watch it every Christmas Eve, the like 20 minute. I believe that was Bunny's pick as well. So that's interesting because I was just, as you were speaking those words, I was thinking it's interesting how Bunny and I, like we were born same year. We knew what each other was thinking before. And you were just saying that and I thought, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. What a a change for season two. And I mean, it goes the same the other way. But then when you said the Grinch, I felt some modicum of relief because otherwise <laughs> I have nothing I'm to not welcome in the world anymore I don't get because I don't you. get anything. I don't no, I just don't I'm get afraid you. Of change. I don't yeah, <laughs> I hate everything. No. What was the cuz I when you first said I thought Pingu. 
Oh God! That, but that's not what it is. The penguin with a horn mouth. <laughs> yeah, I love no, those guys. No, I, I loathed Pingo. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a whole other discussion. I'll send it to you. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. A wish for wings that work. Great, it's a real I can't delight. Wait for that. Highly recommend it. <laughs> We have two pairs of classic Christmas movies that sort of relate to each other. Mm. And our first pairing is A Christmas Carol versus The Holly and the Ivy. In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. What do you want with me? (laughs) That kiss. Can you sit down? I can. Well, do it then! Christmas Carol, the only one, even Mm -hmm. though I've seen a couple other versions that Mm -hmm. were actually pretty okay. The Mickey Mouse one is a lot of fun. Okay. (laughs) I just died inside. (laughs) It's, generational it's gap yeah that's no i i did watch the mickey mouse one and it was cute but you see you know what i don't like that it's the it was the scare at the end was too overtly hellfire for me mm, mm, i was like come on mm. but anyway that's my personal take but the alistair sim scrooge christmas carol 1951 i've never seen it touched no even though i've seen other ones that again were okay and seen a lot of versions on stage, a live radio play done of it, read the book. He is always what I come back to as the quintessential Scrooge. He's like, the whole film, it's not just him, although he carries it. It's like you open the goddamn book and these people like jumped out to life. Just pour off the page. Like Fezziwig. Where do they find these people? Yeah. They just look, ex- they look like a drawing yeah. of the pe- that was done for the magazine for the period and i mean that's what they're going for Mm -hmm. what's impressive is is it's not high budget oh what so i mean it's very cheap it's black and white which does help because it sort of classes up some of the you can tell some of the materials a little shoddy some of the you know they had to cut a few corners it's Mm -hmm. very stage bound Mm mm-hmm but the performances are incredible. It's all these sort of legendary character actors. Yeah. George Cole, who's the gentleman who plays young Scrooge. This is a weird story. He got cast in a movie with Alistair Sim when he was 15. Alistair Sim just took a liking to him. I'll, I'll put it in, seems to me like a completely innocent, non-creepy liking. Right. Sort of took him and his adopted mother in, like had them like live with him and oh stuff and like train the guy to like lose his cockney accent helped it and i mean he does look like him like you you see he's a perfect young scrooge yeah he sounds like him he looks like him no wonder because he was completely groomed by him was mentored by to be an actor yeah and he lived with him till he was 27 years old but he's very interesting everybody in it is pretty good even um i mean the woman playing fan the sister yeah yeah. she because i looked at her because i i don't really recognize her i don't see her I mean, you don't, you don't recognize tons of people in this. No. She sort of just went to like a finishing school. You know, she's so, so she's been in a few movies, but she's so effective in this. Yeah. And that's also just a director that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. You know, you can get somebody who's kind of an experience and go, no, you're perfect for this. It's small, but it's important. Yeah. And are able to make it play. You can tell the director here just really knew how to communicate 
with his actors because they all just bring yeah, it. Yeah, the kids are good. Like, the, the Cratchit kids are good. The, the Cratchits are wonderful. The hand of the Ghost of Christmas Future is doing <laughs> incredible work. Yeah. I'm, I think went to Yale School but you of know, Drama. Talk about cheap. It's a guy with a black sheet over him, and it's spooky, right? Terrified me as a kid. Yeah, terrified yeah. me. And I, I guess the image that I had in my head of it was scarier when I went back to rewatch it. I was like, oh, it's just it's this. a man with but a it's sheet. So effective. Yeah, it's so effective. And I think yeah. it's because it's black and white. He really yes. blends into the background a lot, and sometimes you can only see the hand or just little like the shadow of yes. of what this ghost is. Yeah. Then it goes back to Alistair Sim who just sells this terror. Well, yeah, exactly. You Bulging react the eyes. way he reacts. Yeah. And he manages to do this sort of, the stuff at the end where he has to be sort of born again as like a good guy. Talk about challenging. Like, it's ridiculous. And he fucking goes for it. And you believe it. You yeah. just go along with him. You're yeah. like, okay. Because you see other actors who, and who this are is playing a, This the... is a problem in a lot of adaptations yeah. of Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's where it goes stupid is, is where he turn. cheers up at the end. And I th- What day is it? Yeah. yeah. It is. It's very difficult. It is a fairy tale. It's And they are trying to make it like a real thing. That's the only time I've ever really seen it. And you, you really fly. Just feel his joy pulse out of the TV screen and it just fills you. Like he ages in reverse about 20 years. Yeah. He, he just bounds around and it's so infectious. And it's, it's a real testament to his ability to track this character throughout this movie. I don't I wonder how long they shot for. Probably not long. Yeah, like it seems like it must have been real quick. One of the <clears throat> things that this adaptation does successfully and it is partially just Alistair Sim is that it's one of the only films that really makes you see that actually he is a good guy yeah because most of these films start out and you just think this guy is a complete son of a bitch and that's what makes it even harder when he does do the turnaround at the end it seems insincere Mm. like you know and with this, you actually you feel terrible for him because it's it's interesting. A lot of the films I've seen actually cut that sister thing. Yeah, and that is really important. You see yeah, his sister dies. It's horrifying, and that's that's when you learn that their dad never likes them. And you see more of a progression from a really nice person to this like cold-hearted thing that it's for protection because he's such a damaged human being. Yeah. And I never get that in any other adaptation. It's something you have to glean from the book. It's not really there. It's a short story, right? So it, it it's partially the screenplay is very thoughtful, yeah. but it's also him and the guy playing the younger the young, him. Yeah, yeah, really well done. And I think that helps the transition as well. Is that you feel like it's he's getting another chance turn. to be this good person? Mm-hmm. Like when he and, and then at the end when he goes, I always cry when he goes to the nephew's house at the end. It's yeah. so good. It's Even so though the woman with no lines playing the maid is good. That scene. When I think of it, it's it's that that graveyard scene that I that's like the first thing. I, I always think, back think to of the the servants so going to sell off his stuff. Oh You've yeah. You've got character actors from heaven, <laughs> like unreal. I think some of it's just improvised. Oh, I, it's insane. I bet. Yeah, it's so just good. Just a meal of this. Yeah, it's it, it, so yeah. good. <laughs> but know. he he was a character actor who sort of always was that guy. The yeah, yeah he's a little yeah. fruity, and he's a, sissy, but he's the, but he's. Yeah fantastic like the stuff where where he goes in to see marley and, and marley dies right there with him and the maid says just like you said he says i always know <laughs> <laughs> who's that the the doctor no sir the undertaker <laughs> he's waiting 
just sitting there waiting because they're all so poor. It's horrifying. It, it is, yeah. And they do manage to, I mean, when they go to sell that stuff and you got all the little kids in there like coughing, and but they're all working. So they do definitely paint a picture even though it is low budget. You get that disgusting Victorian London, like poorest of the poor, yeah, lame yeah. is uh, feeling for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Holly, I didn't know it had a smell. Yes, in the stalks when you break it. You know, it's in the carol, bitter as any gall. Mary bore sweet Jesus Christ for to redeem us all. Why don't you tell the truth? That's a whole trouble. You can't be told the truth. The other film that we're talking about in this mini-segment is The Holly and the Ivy, which I hadn't heard of until Jerrica introduced me to. Yeah, I tried to push it in last year's special, too, because I feel like nobody knows what it is. No, I hadn't. It's so good. It's great. 1952, um, it's a black-and-white family drama surrounding this one family who reconnects at Christmas. A lot of the members had been estranged. I will say, the beginning of this movie, I, I thought I was in for something completely different than what it was. Because it, right. it's an adaptation of a play. Yes. And they just Which kind is of obvious. throw all of these characters at you. Just yep. a sea of white people that you can't really <laughs> like discern one from the other. And then and right. then the story starts. It's just kind of this onslaught of people that, you know, I don't know, okay, Blanche Dubois when she's grown up. And she's like, well, will I go for Christmas? <laughs> and she's just unloading her problems on all these poor people who want nothing to do with her. She's really a burden for oh. everyone. What she comes in contact with. It is. But she the actor is so good that she just (laughs) The aunties steal the whole thing. Yes. I mean they or they try. They don't have that much to do. Like Scrooge, it's British, Mm -hmm. it's low budge, Mm -hmm. it's very stagey, and these actors mean business like yeah. that's what makes these movies great it has nothing to do with how spectacular it is because it's not it's a very simple set yeah very regular costumes yeah. that didn't cost very much takes a place over the course of like a day and a half and it is so obviously a stage play so there's the patriarch of the family he's a parson which is yeah. a minister. minister and his wife has recently died yes so uh, it's his sister-in-law and then his three children. And are the his... two aunties sisters? Is that what's happening? I no, didn't they're, get not. That vibe. they're not. They're no. not. No, because they were surprised to see each other at the train station. That's they're like, right. oh, you're going oh, to give a Christmas yes. tool. Oh, oh Bridget, I'll travel with you. And Bridget's like, no thanks. And she's like, oh no, it's 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 no trouble at all. These two are ham and cheese, yeah. right? Then... Which is great because the movie isn't hilarious. It's actually quite serious. Oh yeah, no. So no. these two are the comic relief. Yeah. And Denholm a little bit. My yes. elderly yes. boyfriend, Denholm Elliot, is in this as a very young man, which is so heartwarming to see that for me. You would know him as Marcus Brody from the Indiana Jones movies. I think I'll, definitely one and three. Two is a little bit weirder and I don't think he's in that one, the okay. Temple of Doom. But he's a delight in those. He's also in several Merchant Ivory picks if anybody's up into those. He pops in and out of those as well. So there you, you never know where old Denholm's gonna pop up. But here he is. He's probably about 20. He's, he's really, really young. Yeah. And he's real good. Yeah, he plays the son. And uh, he the... has a bit of his goofy comic relief that he does right up to being like a 90 year old man yep doesn't quite but it is more serious because yeah. he is an angry character as well yeah All it doesn't quite make sense angry. Yeah. it doesn't quite make sense in the beginning i find he's in the army and 
he is asking for uh, leave to go home for Christmas for two days, which he is denied. Yeah, because he's a bad boy. He he's keeps going out with ladies. Boys, and yeah. Boys. But then he, he goes home anyway. That was never really explained. But the whole army scene was a bit like... I was tacked like, what, on. What kind of fucking army is yeah, this? Like, yeah. God damn. Everyone, yeah. yeah, it was very much like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, in 1952. <laughs> like, you, you know, you just came like, out of a really shitty time. Remember how great the war was? Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, they're just far enough away from it. <laughs> so he, he ends up coming back to this manor. Parsonage. The Parsonage. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Whatever. What's attached to the... It is called the Parsonage, but it's like the... the it's an M word. <laughs> <laughs> I I went to Catholic I want to say the manse too long and I can't remember uh, whatever is it, the, it's the house the minister lives in that used you know to be attached to the church but now they don't do it anymore. we're not doing a religious podcast all right no we're if you not want to learn and, yeah why don't, why don't actually, you, the, you tell us the you delight. tell us it is manse is it you know how I remember that and mm. a Green Gables thanks Anne oh. you drunk bitch but um. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it is about a minister and his family, it's quite non-religious and not traditional for, especially for the year it was made. And yes. that's what one of the things I like about it so yeah. much. Yeah, it's daughter, his daughter Jenny. This one's name is Michael. Mm-hmm. His daughter Jenny, who kind of lives at home. She as, takes care of the dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's like the like replacement mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's taking taking care of him, and and then there's the second daughter, the third child, who's Margaret, who's a fashion editor in London, and everyone keeps saying, "Oh, London's no good for her. She needs to get back, and she needs to pay her due." And Jenny can't be sticking around here forever. She's grown. She's she's an old maid, and her her brother at one point literally says, "You're 36. That's almost middle aged." And I vomited all over myself because I'm kind closer to 36 than I is want. Middle aged. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel I'm beyond middle age. I guess that's optimistic soon. of me. <laughs> I'm. Well, I'll miss you. Thank you for. Bye. <laughs> it's so dark. <laughs> uh, so and and everyone, Margaret never comes home. That's she hasn't been home in years. No one really talks to her anymore. And Richard, who is, I'm not sure how he's related to the family either, but he sends word that Margaret's not coming home. And then who shows up? It's Margaret. She comes home. Once once all the characters are in the same house, then that's really when the plot gets going. The character work here is fantastic, and you just see this family kind of unravel, and all these things that aren't said become the focal point of the, the plot. It's like Long Day's Journey into Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Without the, the, like, the it does, it morphine addiction. It still have addiction. a nice... Like, I mean, you get a pretty feel-good ending out of it. You really do. It's not as heavyweight as maybe we're making it sound, but it's just refreshing that it talks about some real stuff. Yeah. Which most movies of the era would completely skip. Would not. They talk about religion in a very objective way. Yeah. And I like, it doesn't, the ending isn't that everyone comes around to Christ and that's... No, the meaning of no. Christmas. It, yeah. And it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. It's decidedly not a Christmas movie. It's a movie set during Christmas. Yeah. Which I really like. And the writing in it is just fantastic. Playwright, based on the play by Winyard Brown, there, there are just these incredible conversations that happen between family members. And I think that's why it makes, for me, such a good Christmas movie is it's about family and it's about you know, this, these understandings that are achieved during this really stressful time where you're just all shoved into the same place and you, you have 
no choice but to talk it out exactly exactly i think what i like too is that even it is a, this holiday movie but unlike many god knows i don't think there ever could be a count on how many christmas movies there are no. especially like but i, I mean 90 to 95 percent of them are shit just garbage they're garbage yeah. so these really stand out and what i like is it doesn't avoid the christmas thing but what it really is talking about is is investigating and repairing relationships in your life rather than repairing a relationship with a, an abstract holiday and an abstract god yeah because that's what a lot of them are really about mm-hmm. and saying that that like making christmas okay What's, is gonna make you okay yeah you and find the meaning is, of christmas this and you is find the opposite of yourself and that's life. what i really like about it yeah, yeah yeah and and it's real people dealing with real things and comparatively to some other movies that we'll talk about later in the same time period you know it really doesn't shy away from you know yeah it looks more old-fashioned but it feels 30 years later contemporary like not very but for it's out there for at that time like i mean and you were i didn't know this that it actually did get it got censored in the united states because uh people openly expressed that they didn't believe in god yes there's a doubt in in god yeah uh, there's some other like uh out of wedlock activity yes happening both the daughters yeah. essentially engage in extramarital affairs mm-hmm. or you know premarital affairs yes um and it doesn't it places no judgment on them for it it's about how they then navigate that those obstacles and it it's not about the father coming in and preaching at them and, mm-hmm. and throwing the bible at them it's them overcoming their fear of their father as a religious yeah. figure yeah and you know him understanding them as, i also as people, love not just the, as children. like the portrayal of the baby brother is so um open-minded for the time as well because for a lot of hollywood movies i feel like any man would would be throwing judgment whether he was a young like little asshole like this one or the older dad and in this, he's actually completely on the side of the sisters mm-hmm. that's was interesting to me like there was no like well did you think about this did you think about that like he completely knows what's going on coming in mansplain everything to them not even that well just i i don't know if it's it's put siblingship before gender roles yes you know what i yeah. mean yeah where it like because i feel like he offers the support that a brother or sister should have but you just don't see that part and i'm like again i think it's quite human i think that is probably how a lot of siblings would react mm-hmm. but we wouldn't see that reflected in that entertainment of that time you yeah. know the agency that that all the female characters have and again in stark contrast with one of the movies we'll talk about later yeah is beautiful like <laughs> yes. it, it really is it's well, they're just all very intelligent yep. people yep. yep which you know helps you to sympathize a bit more with the dad because as much as you might disagree with some of his stuff he made these kids along with whoever you know you want to you wish you could meet who the mom was really do because the kids yeah. are all sort of they have problems yeah. they all have real problems but they're very intelligent yep. individual people mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And of course, that's the actors. The yeah. actors are bang up. Everyone You're dealing with care, like just character actors, just doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And there are moments when it does feel as as often happens that oh, this is a play that's been adapted for a oh, movie. Yes, yes. When any monologuing happen, or again in the beginning and end, there are these series of vignettes that you can tell would have been staged simultaneously, or as a bit of a a, a montage or something that 
don't quite work as well yeah, as, a little as maybe they could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you get past, I'd say, the first five minutes, it just sales. So if you're looking for um, a real heartfelt emotional drama to take well, in over the holidays. You know, it's a nice alternative to the, you know, like Miracle on 34th Street. Yeah, it's not It's cloying. a wonderful life. Nothing again. Hey, I like those movies, but we see them every year. Every year. Non-stop. Yeah. NBC is going to play that thing Christmas Eve. So if you want to, f- you feel like watching something alternative, that's what I would recommend. The Holly and the Ivy. Yeah, Absolutely. either of these really, because yeah. they they do show the Alistair Sim one, but I mean with the commercials, <laughs> just watch it on your own. Just, just watch it. Just, just buy a copy yeah. for like nine dollars. You can probably rent it you on iTunes. You probably get it on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, just do it. Yeah. So if we have these two mo- movies versus each other. What's the winner? The Holly and the Ivy. Holly and the Ivy. Yeah. It's a tight one for me. Is it? Yeah. It's going to be a tight finish. I think it's because I grew up watching the Alistair Sims and it's just a nice change, you know? And at Christmas time, it is a lot about tradition, nostalgia. You know, you do the same thing every year. And so this is something new and something that was just a really good movie. It's a hidden gem. It really is. I still have to go with. Scrooge, yep, a Christmas Carol, yeah. because it it's got everything, but it's very difficult to compare uh, and yeah. pick a pick a winner because I do also love Holly and the Ivy. So uh, if you decide to partake in either of these movies, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear. And what's your favorite hidden gem? May your days be merry and Our second pairing, two movies that are different and yet the same. Basically, uh, a remake of uh, a feel-good s- Hollywood smash Ooh, musical. Call it that we will absolutely call it that. Holiday Inn versus White Christmas. You've got Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, Rosemary Clooney only in White Christmas. Oh, we're going with Holiday Inn first. I'm yeah. Sorry. Well. We have black and white versus Technicolor. Right. And Holiday Inn was earlier. 1942. 42. In the midst of uh, America joining the war. Yes. Um, which is one of the reasons that once the song caught on, it really caught on. Because it's it's not just talking about a white Christmas. It's very reminiscent before the Troubles. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a wonderful song as well. Fun fact, during the filming... Uh, the Pearl Harbor attack occurred. It, yes. And that's why they About added... About three weeks later... That, that big freedom, yeah. July 4th number yeah. in the middle of it. Both movies have a real, like, America is, is awesome thing as well. Yes. So then you've got White Christmas, 1954. Yes. And that's Rosemary Clooney, Danny Kaye, and Vera Ellen mm-hmm. with Bing. They are great. I mean, to me, the highlight for Coast, because you got Bing in both. Your highlight co-star in White Christmas is Rosemary. Mm-hmm. Your highlight co-star in Holiday Inn is Fred Astaire. Is it? We'll to there. me, it is because I could watch him with anybody, anytime, for any reason. I, I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. I, used to, I can see uh, Nance has some difficulty with that, which I can't imagine. But also, but Danny Kaye uh, was not the first choice. 
Third choice, actually. Third choice, uh, because they did actually want a stare, mm-hmm. uh, for the, which would have made it straight up a the remake. same movie. Yeah. Um, but he was not available for whatever he had another he was, commitment. He had or... retired at that point. He'd unofficially yeah. retired. Yeah. And then he later came out of retirement. He came as, back. Yeah. As... Can't can't stop dancing. No. Yeah. And then it was Donald O'Connor, I believe, who was then yes. injured. Yes. And then like days before filming started, they hired Danny Kaye. Donald O'Connor would have been like six and one half dozen of the other. Like he's almost the same. He's a little cuter. Yeah. Both probably queer we, we oh. can't say that for sure about our our star because it was never officially out but we were pretty we don't sure. want to yeah. actually yeah. probably had an affair with olivier which is pretty interesting oh like it's, it's interesting well olivier's family was not very happy about that coming out most in people this day prior and age, to interestingly well, this wasn't, even, this, wasn't, not this wasn't thrilled. that long ago. This wasn't that long ago. They just didn't want it to come out. Um, no, no. But they, they say it's not true. So who who knows? Who knows? True. Because he, he was married, but most actors were married. Yes. Right? So yeah. It's, yeah. It, that's not really a great way to, to gauge it. But that's also not the point. <laughs> but him, Donald Connor, who was gay, he would have been great as well. I it's, think any yeah. of the three would have been real good. Yep. And um, but it works. Danny Kaye just happens to be the one who nails it. I think he's yeah, he really got it. great in this part. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. So. Um, he's like the gay wingman. Yeah. Like your gay bro who yeah. helps set you up with Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. And then and he. That, I mean, I want that. Oh, Rosemary. Yeah. Honey. Honey. Baby, honey. Sweetie. Gorgeous. Yeah. Just. A voice like perfection. heaven. Perfection. Her and Bing singing together oh. is like some kind of hypnotic sleepy time it's, sound. It's everything I want in an oratory, like, <laughs> orgasmic experience. Yeah. It's like the best you'll ever hear white people sing. Yeah. That's where I'm going to go yeah. with it. Like, it's just yeah. like, because it is that it's a style, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they are the top of the game, yes. both of them. And especially at a time when a lot of particularly female singers were high sopranos and you could yeah. barely She's real mellow. tell yeah. what the fuck they were saying because it was all just in their head voice sure. and sounded yeah. just like screeching a lot of the time. Um, well, that's why Judy stood out as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you've got these beautiful, just natural sort like of alto, alto chest yeah. voices that. Yeah, and Rosemary also did sing a lot of jazz. Yeah, like yeah, Bing. yeah. yeah well, they were actually quite similar. In, I knew, in many ways. I knew Rosemary uh, as a singer before I knew that right. she was an actor as well because she's incredible. Like, like, just take a listen to some of her jazz standards, and they're oh, they're they're beautiful. A big part of the reason she did this film was she wanted to meet Irving Berlin. That and Bing Crosby. She wanted to and be in Bing a movie Crosby. with Bing Crosby. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what she said. Who doesn't? Oh, I mean. Let's start with Holiday Inn. Yeah. It's the first You're of the black two. black and white. Yeah. A little more basic. Yeah. But still, I mean, again, in comparison to the two movies earlier we were talking about, like the money, there's mm-hmm. no comparison. The glamour, yeah. there's no comparison. And then they just ramped that up more for White Christmas. For White Christmas. Yeah. Because it was a huge, like, commercial success. Oh, Holiday yeah. Inn did really well. And they thought, well, Bing and Fred, a great pair. Let's bring them back to it again. There are a lot of problems with Holiday Inn. There's a lot of problems with Holiday Inn. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has very little structure. The whole structure of it is just doing a number for every holiday in the year. Irving Berlin, yeah. They pick, I mean, it's, uh, this guy's running an inn. He, He has an act in New York, right? And then he's like, I'm going to retire to a farm. And he gets his heart broken yes. by these, these shady dames. These dames that can't, I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's, of- your problems are different than my problems. Honestly. But I mean, this is the stuff that runs through a lot of this 
this uh, stuff too. But he moves to a to a farm. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna give up show business and be a farmer. Yeah, but no, of course, I nobody don't in show business second. can give up show business for one fucking second. It's like this is the worst heroin you can. Uh, to so be a he, farmer, that's insulting to every farmer, he, everywhere. Yeah, well, well, Bing, I don't know with his pipe and his big great chalele. I think he could. No, do it. no, you it, saw <laughs> the the montage where he's fucking useless. I know. He, he falls off everything, and but he what's doesn't funny know. Is I don't even believe that Bing Crosby himself would be that useless. Like I can see him on a farm. I mean, he could do anything. He'd be want. like, "Hey there, Roger." He'd be talking to a horse. Give a horse a name like Roger. Sing I also a, wonder, sing about sugar crisp cereal. Who in their right the mind would sell off a full farm with animals and and, to and a supplied to yeah. a fucking actor <laughs> who comes up from New York? Is like, yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I want this farm. Yeah, I'm gonna run it. I'm, I'm Give gonna. Give me the I'm three stooges on the blower. I'm gonna call them immediately. And you're like, oh, this seems like a really good idea. Yeah, I'm gonna this put the livelihood of all these animals in your hands. You seem perfectly capable. He's Thank not you. gonna put them in a circus or anything. That'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he decides he's gonna run an inn. Mm-hmm. That just is open on the holidays, which mm-hmm. is not a great business plan. Mm-mm. But because this is a Paramount picture, of course, that's what they go with. And that's really basically kind of the whole movie. Yeah. And it ends with Christmas, right? Yeah, it starts it on Christmas Eve. It goes through the whole year. Yeah. And I mean, some of the holidays are bullshit, too. Oh, I'm like, what my the? God. Like, is George Washington's birthday that big of a deal? No, this, no, yeah, it's not. Yeah. They, just, they just find any... I mean, and that's actually what a, an inn like that would do they'd find any excuse to be right, open right? right so i i get that yeah but then the numbers they put on are like i'm like where are these costumes going it is not <laughs> irving's best work like the the george the far. george washington holiday costumes are all these like regency friggin wigs and dress like i'm just like where how with a chorus of like 30 <laughs> people where did they come from? Where did they get the... I, it, it makes yeah. no goddamn sense. And it's not supposed to. No. That's, that's I think, what we can't overlook. You can't try to make it like real no. life. And it was no. never supposed to be. Absolutely not. It's a fluffy piece of entertainment. Yeah. Irving Berlin wanted to make a musical about American holidays. Yeah. Here's what happened. It's an excuse for these people to sing these songs mm-hmm. and for people to be entertained and distracted from the war. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. One thing that I can't abide is here we go. The lack of any autonomy that the women have in this movie. They are they're, just, well, they're just passed like between yeah, Fred really and gross. Bing and back yeah. to Fred and back to Bing. And they're like, oh, he stole my girl, so I'm going to steal his <laughs> next girl. And it's 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 just Dames, like, Nancy, dames. And, and, and these poor women, Marjorie Reynolds is trying to do anything with <laughs> this role. And she's very charming. a thread of dignity. <laughs> yeah, at all. Oh at all. And she's just being tossed around yeah. and she she's good she she doesn't sing in the movie her her voice no. is dubbed yeah. but the the first time her and Bing Crosby sing White Christmas it really is a beautiful moment sure it's a lovely their it's a great duet song is, it's it, it's you a great song it won song. an academy award yeah. for this movie like yeah. it 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 is a christmas classic for that reason and mm-hmm. it went on to be sung by Bing in two other movies that's right so that is a really nice moment but Again, you've just got this woman at the beginning who ruins Bing Crosby's life and leaves him for Fred Astaire. Dames. And then she leaves Fred Astaire for a Texas millionaire. That's right. Leaves the Texas millionaire. You can't trust women. To go back to Fred Astaire. they're bad people. It's just, it's, it's, 
it's I, a lot. It, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's almost like trying to add some kind of thread of of storyline, yeah. but it it, it is uh, it's a little annoying. It's very and unfortunately because of that, like to me, the the women actually generally just come off annoying to me. Because it's not, not their it's not the actors. People. It's just the way they're written. They're not they're, they're pests yeah. and they're they're put off as kind of dumb. Yeah super promiscuous like and not that they go into sex and of course but i don't like this i feel like there was always this thing like it's women who are promiscuous and it's women you can't trust when actually it's the fucking opposite it's true sorry guys like it a person is a person and everybody has their own personality but it's the way these things were written to come off like that's the underlying tone you get you these women are just pawns can't that trust are used. a dame and then they yeah. just trade them back and forth like they're baseball cards yeah and yeah it, it's it's heavy and then it's written that the women just go along with it and it's yeah sure fucking well i mean it's bing or fred i'd go along with it yes just just but just pick one i'm the bigger girl so i would get bing that's what happened in all the road Two movies the slightly slimmer girl Goes with the slightly slimmer gentleman. And not that Bing was big, but he, Fred Astaire is like a wisp. Danny Kaye is And he is, always got like a, yeah. a younger, slightly prettier girl. Yeah. So I feel like I'd end up with Bing, which is great. Just hope he doesn't slap our kids around. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my God. Come on, Nancy. That's not appropriate. <laughs> that's not a good joke. Now, but you don't enjoy Fred in the movie. I thought he was so goddamn creepy. Well, he is a little creepy. Oh, he's a bit of a creepy. They're little both dude. creeps. They're yeah. they're they real are. predatory they creeps are. in this yeah. movie. And yeah. and and Fred's acting in the first scene. I was like, yeah, be a, be a normal human. Just can you can you try? Just say just say the words. Don't shoot the words at your fucking co-star. Like yeah. it's 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 just there's no there's no active yeah anything happening fred, it's just fred has done yeah. movies where he's incredibly chill like the movies that they wrote to revolve around him his dancing some of like like gay divorcee is my favorite one mm-hmm. like some of those fred and ginger movies like he comes off great she comes off great like yeah but yes he is an, a bit of an awkward sidekick I don't know if it's just him or if it's the writing's really awkward as well. And he doesn't, I, I feel like he's just sort of, because he is mainly a dancer and a vaudeville performer, I feel like he's left out to dry a little bit directing wise. Like possibly, possibly. because the, because the dialogue is awkward and maybe he's a little uncomfortable. Maybe they were a little uncomfortable with the content. You know, I mean, some of these guys were like nice married guys and you read a script like this and you're like, Oh, this kind of, gross well i guess i have to do it real big you know like I, right. who knows what was going through just minds. didn't know what to do with it so didn't just did know everything what to do. Yeah, yeah didn't know what to do then you do he's he's not a, i yeah What's his the acting scene in he does where he's sort of drunk and falling around well he did not sort of drunk where he's obliterated i, on I New Year's love Eve. i love that scene like that not the scene the dance the dance is great because she has to like hold him up for the whole thing and i mean don't that's him doing that work like he's making it look like he's a rag doll oh no he's hammered at that point Fred Astaire no, no. had two bourbons before the first take, <laughs> had a subsequent bourbon after every other take. I still think it's good control. The one in the film is <laughs> the seventh take. How many How many bourbons is that? And he's, I, what is he, like 130 pounds or something right? like that? Like, yeah, that's great. But he still, yeah, as you said, he holds his control. He's like in control he's, because you can't fake that weird dance and just be like oh i was tap hammered dancing, like you can't you can't i think too like if you're dancing. somebody like a stare even hammered his body is going to stay in complete control yeah. when he dances yeah. because it is 
his entire muscle memory. It's, was, yeah. And he probably did rehearse it until he could do it in his sleep. Oh, I'm or sure. Or do it drunk. And at a time when they were drinking during the day was just a thing. They it loved a day drink. Yeah. Loved a, a, a mid-afternoon mm. martini. Another very impressive scene is the the dance that he does during the the, the uh, July 4th Independence Day celebration where he used yeah. the firecrackers. <laughs> That was insane. Insane. Because yeah. they're real firecrackers. Yeah. I read they did the scene 38 times and all the crew members were wearing goggles because it just sure. kept bringing up all this like gunpowder and dust and, and, and he is just he dancing in the middle of this he, firecracker explosion. I have explosion. to tell you like it's, he, when I was a kid when I took like ballet lessons and stuff, he was like my idol. Like was it this, it's a scene I think in Easter Parade where he's in like a toy shop and he does an entire dance with like all these like foot drums that are like on the floor and it turns into this like insane rhythmic like it seems inhuman because yeah. and it is done in a take like it's not like the camera's jumping around you can tell it was one take unbelievable and that's another thing that the i focus. want to mention is that in all of the movies that we we're talking about on this episode the long takes where they have to do a full number in one take like sometimes with a lot of extras it's it's bananas. Yeah, they were fucking around. I, yeah. I, I would challenge you to find half a dozen actors in Hollywood now who could do that. Yeah. Who could yeah. sustain. Well, I also, like, Astaire insisted, he started the thing with the dent where he's like, stop do, doing a cut-in, do a close-up. You film me from head to foot and whoever he was dancing with. Mm-hmm. He was in, You film the whole thing and yeah. you film us from head to foot. Yeah. Because what's the point otherwise? Like, he knew he wasn't a great actor. He's like, that. that's what I've worked for, is for you to capture this on film. And it is, it's thrilling. This is the magic of film, is a time machine. Yeah. You don't need a time machine. You just watch this. Here they all are, in their glory forever. Speaking of time machine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> if you know anything about Holiday Inn, if you've seen Holiday Inn, I'm sure you're waiting for us to mention Abe Lincoln's birthday. Abe Lincoln. It was a great birthday party. What's the problem? <laughs> oh I so I didn't like this movie, and this is the point where I hated this movie um, for reasons that will become very clear. Even my dad who is the king of the classic movies. Like, most of my knowledge comes from his encyclopedic knowledge. Mm. He can't watch that scene. It's it's Like, he's, it's he has really, to flip through. Really quite it's awful a, and it's, disturbing. It's so rough. Because it's so cavalier and just casual. Yeah. So there's this, like, comedy of errors, and he has to hide who his female co-star is because... Yeah. Because of all of the All of the ladies, ladies back and forth. And, yeah. and for, anyway. So how's a good way to hide somebody's face? Would it be... Would it be blackface? That's a good idea. Is blackface a good idea? Is That's that a logical... Keep us real in PC? the good history books Absolutely. forever. Yeah. It's not going to be out even in like 10 years from now. We should just do it. No, this is something that's going to sustain, that yeah. history will appreciate, <laughs> that is art, really. I mean, sure. it's art. Yeah. So he... Hey, we're celebrating Abe Lincoln's birthday. Bing decides... We like it. ...to change the whole number and use the minstrel act. <laughs> And it's picks Al up Jolson heaven. It picks up a tub is. of of like grease shoe paint. polish. Yeah. Could have just yeah gone to the bottom of his oven, scraped some shit off the side, <laughs> added some butter to it, and and starts painting poor poor Marjorie Reynolds' face. Yeah. 
and it's her best look. While he's doing it, he's talking to her about how much he likes her, and he and and he wants her to stay at the inn, and then he kind of proposes. And she accepts and she says, well, I guess I'm kind of engaged now. And he's just smearing black make all over so, her face. Like, and everything it's, it's to, like and everything to do with this scene is awful. Like it's not gleeful. just the ex- execution of the scene. It's everything leading everything. up to it. And you know, like as it starts, you're getting a tight feeling in your stomach as it's rolling up. Yep. And then the number happens. And then the number happens and it's worse than you think. Yep. It's worse than you think. Yeah. There's old Big up there like Abraham and everybody's singing along. <laughs> They've got their 30 extras back. They're all everybody's in Everybody's in blackface. It, it's rough. And then... <laughs> I can't. He can't. He can't even say it. The help is in the kitchen. And oh. yes, they are real African-Americans. And they are loving it. They're, they they're are loving, it. loving it. They're not allowed on stage. They're not allowed they're in not the allowed club. They're not allowed to be in there. They can sit in their pantry and listen to it. Yeah. And talk about... <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to quote the lines. No, it's so, so well, they, upsetting. But it's... Abe's their favorite Abe's guy. Abe's their fave. Abe's their fave. Abe's their fave. If it wasn't for Abraham, I might still be a slave. I'm like, I get it. Uh, it oh my Christ. And you f- <sighs> it feels like 20 minutes, even though it's not. I think it's like seven minutes or something. But you feel like, like four lines. It makes me want to suicide myself. Yep. Like, it's yep. just. You just feel for this poor actor who's. I know. I'm sure just resenting every day of work she has on this fucking movie because it's really not. I'd really, I mean, I'd be very interested to know what was going on because the interesting irony is that, like, Bing Crosby was actually quite an equitable person in, like, the people he hired. He didn't, he refused to, like, play clubs that said, like, no colors or, you know what I mean? Like, okay. these guys, the actors, they these were not bad guys because when you're in show business it's just like with like uh, o'connor like being queer the other actors don't give a fuck no they know it's show business and they don't care and i think it's like like, it's like if you have talent you're in my band no matter what color or you're sleeping with i don't give a fuck yeah but I feel like I don't know if they they all sort of have this like private agreement and then they go to work and they go, well, this is what work is or if there was a real burning resentment. And I'm not discounting a resentment if there was one. I'm just very curious as to how they saw it through their eyes. Like, sure. Because even I feel like even at the time, it's quite offensive, like even at that time, I, like we talked about Disney and Song of the South and how people freaked out. And that was in the 40s. Like, so how do they feel about this? This yeah, is rough. Yeah. You know, it's too late to be doing like when I talk about Al Jolson, that's way before this. That's like the 20s and 30s. Yeah. And he's well, I guess had, not way, he stopped. But... Well, but it's before. Yeah. But I really feel like there is this misguided thing, like it's positive. Yeah. There is one moment that I do quite appreciate. It's later fucking Bing Crosby's character keeps going like, <laughs> oh, that's that a great number. The, the minstrel number. We like the minstrel number, right? And then there's one point where he, wow, that he's... that sounded so much like him. I thought he was his ghost was in here. Oh my God, thank you. I've You're been, welcome. I've been doing some stuff. Go stand-up. ahead, continue. Um, and Fred Astaire comes over and is talking about mm, the show and he wants to be a part of the show. And, and, um, and Bing goes, well, I thought the minstrel number was pretty great. And <laughs> you can tell Fred could give this, like, let's stop trying to make minstrel show happen like yeah all, all right <laughs> yes all right bang like yeah, yeah, bang. just bang. B- buddy buddy put down the shillelagh it's yeah it's one of my only 
really favorite moments of Fred Astaire in this movie. Yeah. He just goes, calm your tits, mm, chill out. Yeah, let's not say we did. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was that was their way wink. of like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It is too bad. But here's my question for you, Nancy. Okay. So now in the States especially, the Hallmark Channel and others will run this movie. Right. And they will snip that. They will snip the whole thing. Now, is that better or is that just crushing down something ugly that they want everybody to just forget about? No, I don't think I I don't think it's better because it's just sanitizing. I, I agree. This. I don't think it's better. One, it does it does cut a chunk out of the film. Is it important? Not really. No. But is the content important to see? I kind of think it is. Yeah, and and that's what I appreciate about Turner Classic movies. They yeah. when they air it, yeah. it's in full. Unedited. Well, and it's like if you if you're uncomfortable with it and you like have a discussion about it, mm-hmm. but don't just snip it like it's not there. Because... That kind of erasure does does no one any. Well, that's favors. rewriting history. Basically, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 I yeah I don't like it either. And I mean I get it. Nobody wants to watch the scene. It's fucking uncomfortable. But I mean I think it's mostly uncomfortable for white people. Yeah. To see. You. <laughs> What how how fucking, gleefully and joyfully we were anuses we were participating yeah. in this kind of yeah well it's not even gleeful it's just like it's just a regular fucking thing it's just like we and you're like it's it's quite shocking it, it really is and I mean the, we have to say too this is not the only film that pulls shit like this like I don't want to oh, make God. it sound like this is the worst oh no classic movie of all time no, for putting no, a no, scene no, like no, this in no. because you go it's, to Birth of a Nation. Yeah. Is, well, I talked about. You know, I mean, I love the Mickey and Judy movies, and one of those, I believe, it's Babes on Broadway, but I'm not sure, has this huge Robert E. Lee number where they're all in blackface, and it's a huge show number. And then huge. Mickey does yellow face in Breakfast at Tiffany's, which oh is yeah, even which later. Like years, and that's way later yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and that's. That's it's just to say bad. that that, that yeah. kind of this is, well, I mean, censoring... It's still, it's still happening, just in a different way. I mean, yeah. this, think of all the talking that's been happening about this whitewashing and stuff like that, but this is just a different version of that. Yeah. But it's the same thing. It's just it's just the same people in control all the time. Of making themselves look better and say, oh, well, you know, what, that, that was at the time, and, and we know better now. It's like, until you make we Ghost in the though. Shell. A, like, a lot, well, yeah, and, and a lot of people yeah. don't. Like, like no. you, you look at any current events and no. So Merry I don't... Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going in on this racism thing. I was like, um, okay. Do we have I to? mean, I can't deny and that it's really to. bad. It's, but... it's worth the conversation with yes. grandma who thinks that it's all in good fun. It's worth the fight. <laughs> yeah, you can take from this film what you will. I think it has highlights. I do it enjoy does. Yeah, absolutely. sequences of it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I was younger, I kind of did prefer it. To White Christmas. But I've, I've come around. Yeah. Now I'm sort of going the other way. Snow, 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 snow. snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there. With snow, snow, snow. I want to wash my hands, my face, and hair with snow. White Christmas. White Christmas is White one Christmas of my favorite is Christmas. Holiday movies. Inn on steroids. Yeah. 
they took a couple years off, went through yep. Rocky Three, had a yep. bit of a change of heart, yep. came back stronger. It's, it's like a spiritual sequel, but it's not yeah. meant to be a sequel. But it's 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 the same movie amped up. They use the same Technicolor, set, the literal same set. Of, they just yeah. no, no, they did. Yeah, they no, they just like painted it. Well, that that sound stage at the end, like I love that yeah. stage. This what is it supposed to be? The fucking barn or something? Oh, right. And it turns into this <laughs> massive sound stage where you're like, what the. Hell is Again, happening. Logic and reality do not exist, yeah. and you just gotta suspend that. Again, There's... a real fun-looking army experience. <laughs> yeah, it looks great, right? Just Even, sitting around I love singing they try with to a bunch put of in guys. sort of a half-assed war scene at the beginning, where they're like, "Oh my god, a bullet!" And you're like, "That is a cardboard box, but it's fine." Talk about stagebound. That looks like a stage play right there. It looks like something I saw at Drayton. Like it's like, it really, yeah. But there's so many. I mean, aside from the the stars insanely good character actors surrounding them. I'd say more so than in Holiday Inn. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, would definitely agree. But Danny Kaye's charisma and just magnetism in this movie is really, I think, something of the time and that can't be replicated. His, him and Bing, when they're doing Sisters, is one of the it's most a, delightful I things. I love that, but you know what? I'm not that thrilled about Danny Kaye in this, so that's interesting. Really? Yeah, I just don't think he's very good. I, uh, as an as an actor, interesting. Okay, it's just very. Um, it's what you were saying about F- Fred, and you're right. right. It's very broad. It's very predictable. Broad strokes. Yeah, yeah I yeah. kind of wish it was Donald O'Connor, but hey, it's fine. It's yeah. and he does. He completely competently does that job. It is a goofy, goofy character. Yeah, and he is pretty funny mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it's because of some of the people around. him. <laughs> that he maybe doesn't quite reach Shine. that pinnacle, but yeah. He's well, good. when you, when you've got him and Vera Allen, and then opposite that you've got Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney. Yeah. Like yeah. Bing's the superior actor. Rosemary, I think I've mentioned that I'm partially obsessed. I can't yeah. remember. I love Rose. I fucking love Rosemary. Uh, she, she sounds great, and actually, she puts in a pretty good acting performance as well. Does she ever? Yeah, she's very like low key. Yeah, but it works. It comes across. Because um, then you... I think she's more believable than Vera Allen, to oh. be honest. I mean, Vera is very cute. She's but she very, grounds it. Rosemary is the yeah, one that grounds she's a, She is a dancer, and yeah. she does a great job. She does get dubbed because she can't sing. Yeah. But that works. It's, it's, an, old, it's, it's an old movie. It's fine. Hey, I think they should, sometimes I think they should do that now, but they don't want to do that anymore. They want it to be legit, but well, yeah. I think it works fine. It does. It absolutely does. It's, you know, the woman singing gets credit. She gets paid. There's no need to feel bad about it. Yeah. It makes it sound better. So they give her a lighter voice though. Yes. And then Rosemary has the deeper lady's voice. And when she comes in with love, you didn't do right by me. Oh, come on. Come that black dress. On. Get lost. They had costumes by Edith Head. Oh, of course. The the kid the character of all of Hollywood, this oh. little tiny lady who was kind of scary looking and wore big round glasses. Immortalized in the Incredibles. Exactly. Yeah. And she did some like it's a uh, funny she it, it was said she enjoyed dressing men more than women but the really? women's costumes are insanely good why men's costumes are so I don't know I think she well she probably dull. enjoyed the challenge of a suit oh okay a, a handmade suit sure yeah but I did know you do notice that Danny Kay like when he's dancing with Vera Ellen his entire suit is monochromatic which is it like even the shoes are exactly the same gray as the suit so it makes it's supposed to make them look 
longer and more extended and it does kind of work oh, like really even does. the socks are exactly the same color like everything's the same he looks like an ostrich he's <laughs> 700 feet tall in that movie yeah well and i think it's because vera ellen is like it's five tiny. foot tall too yeah. but yeah, yeah. he's looks huge but they are um, great pairings like vera ellen is, and dedicate they really work yeah. well together it's, and yeah. both her and uh, rosemary i think are corseted in for the, uh, for the gods an inch of their life yeah 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 because yeah. even rosemary who's always been a little bit of a bigger gal looks mm-hmm. like she's about a size six and like she looks very small for her yeah but when you go back to Holiday Inn Marjorie Reynolds and Bing Crosby are a great pair Fred Astaire and Marjorie Reynolds not I don't I don't buy it for a second I think too I think it's maybe one of the most beautiful that Rosemary Clooney's ever looked and I think a big uh, part of it is those Edith Head costumes like that in that Love You Didn't Do Right By Me that black dress (laughs) is unbelievable but even the the funnier like vaudeville costumes like the sisters costumes the blue dresses and the feathers they're good costumes and they they both look good Mm -hmm. and that's hard too they are different types so to make them not look weird wearing the same outfit is a bit of a trick and Mm -hmm. it is it's flat on both of them mm-hmm. it's that 50s like the big poodly skirt a-line yeah huge yeah. feathers and then of course the men come out and do like the reprise full-on drag lip sync oh it's... Yeah, i knew nancy would go for that oh, it's so funny <laughs> it is very funny well because it's, just... it's not if you've never seen the movie it's the last thing you're expecting yeah and it's just danny k like really oh, going is... for K's. gold it's he's, he's loving camp. it he's it's in heaven sleep away yeah camp. yeah he's in heaven big He's just like just this laughing is, at Bing's him. like this is fine I'll do it and Kay is like this is the best I've ever felt yes. I feel real yes, I feel like myself all of you to yeah. church <laughs> I'm bringing all the saints yeah. and you're living for me yeah. and, he, and they're not really in drag but they sort of change like their outfit drag, yeah they have little things drag. in their hair and yeah. you see they got little, the fans they have the their like their like sock overall what do you call those oh sock? those like sock garters sock garters yeah. you see the sock garters which yeah. I thought was real funny too yeah. sisters sisters there were never such devoted sisters never had to have a chaperone no sir I'm here to keep my eye on her Caring, sharing Every little thing that we are wearing When a certain gentleman The songs are really good. Like that snow song they sing on the train. Yeah. It's so charming. And I mean, doesn't, I mean, they can sing except for Vera, but the lady who's singing for her can sing just fine. So they sound great. Yeah. Irving really dropped the ball. I find with Holiday Inn because I like a lot of Irving Irving Because one of the songs. songs from that was a big hit that Be Careful, It's My Heart. And the song's kind of not that great. No, it's not. It's I not. mean, Bing sings it, so you're like, oh, that sounds nice. But then you listen to it, you're like, there's not much to this. No, Like, there's not the, much to this. The Happy Holidays song, which is so boring. And you could tell that it's supposed to be, like, the title card <laughs> song. Like, huh? Happy Holidays! <laughs> Happy Holidays! That's actually how it goes. <laughs> I'm pitch fucking perfect. But then with White Christmas... He really brings it home. Like their vaudeville acts are so great, and in Holiday Inn, that's some of the that's some of the better numbers are their vaudeville acts and their dances yeah, that they do together. Totally, White Christmas, yeah, even better. And you've got 
just I think an all around better cast. And well, then I you've mean, got you've got Michael Curtiz as the director, who so Mildred Pierce, Casablanca. Casablanca. So this guy Robin knows Hood. what he's doing, right? Yeah. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. God, I love Robin Hood. Oh, we'll get into that another Flynn. time. Errol, the Errol, best alcoholic so, there ever was. You're so handsome. Stop drinking so much. Please stop injecting your oranges with vodka. <laughs> <laughs> He's but amazing. yeah, his director knows what he's doing. Yes. And also you've got Bob Fosse as the uncredited yes. choreographer. So and yeah. another later Bob Fosse tie-in, you've, uh, you've got George Shakris, who is one of Rosemary Clooney's dancers in Love You Didn't Do Right By Me, who right. later goes on to win an Academy Award for playing Bernardo in West Side Story. There you go. And I instantly clocked him. Did the, you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 yes. When you're a shark, you're a shark till you... Hark. Yeah. I, I'm not an improviser. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the character people are talking like it's uh sorry, it's Dean Jagger and uh Mary Wicks as the the hotel the the inn owner. Yes. And the weird maid who's mm-hmm. like super annoying. But she her career, these are these character people, they're funny looking people and they work till they die yeah. because it doesn't matter how they look because they're there to be that character yeah she was in sister act and then sister act too like she worked yeah who was she in sister act i mean one of the sister nuns, mary one of the whatever nuns yeah i later career she was cast as, as the mother of shirley mclean's character in postcards from the edge she played sister mary lazarus in sister act short lady she's kind well, of in she everything sort of has a long bird face I know exactly who you're talking about yes yeah. yeah but these are the kind of people they work forever yeah it's fun to see her in this you see her in everything but the yeah. and the guy uh dean jagger he won an oscar best supporting actor in 12 o'clock high 1949 these people There's are surrounded by a good, they're, they're very good high col- caliber characters yeah. surrounding them yeah I and mean, i think that amps it a little bit from the previous movie as well yeah is that the supporting cast is better that's that's a good point very enjoyable watch still it is it holds up it's like so it's, colorful too like that technicolor yeah. really like punches you in the eyeball and you're like oh my god well and with the costume design it's just this yeah everything is red palette. and blue and green uh, like everything's very bright yes oh that that there's this one of the later numbers where the dancer sort of descends from the ceiling right in front of Bing and she's just wearing this hot pink skirt and it's the numbers are so over the top like it's just it's like what is this an inn forget that forget it we've got a fly tower forget it we've got wings forget it we've got it's it's, don't think about that it's like in Priscilla where you're like wait how did they get these costumes on the bus don't think about it it doesn't nope don't think about it no, Don't worry again, about it. Suspend your disbelief. Just let it happen. Let it wash over oh, you gee. and enjoy yourself. I wish I was back in the army. <sighs> so many guys full of VD with longing in their eyes. That's how it goes, right? I have absolutely so- no comment. <laughs> that song gets ingrained in me. I'm always just like, what? Like that song is the weirdest song. Yeah. In yeah. there. They're like, they fed me three meals a day. You're like, what is happening? This is so stupid. <laughs> this warrant a musical number? Who, they do who it, said they yes? They do it for the Jagger character. Mm, the right. old, you know, because he was their like commander or something. Yeah. And then and he's like, running yeah, an in back I'm in sure Vermont. I'm sure he wants to see this number get friggin' post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> like, what are you doing? They come marching out in their uniforms and it's very, I mean, you can tell, you can tell it's like now it's in the fifties and they're like, remember how awesome we were in the war? We remember the that. war? We, we Remember when it. we won that war? Yeah, exactly. Guys. You're welcome, everybody. And it's like, yep. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again. 
it's just like but besides that's probably my least favorite number because i'm just like come on yeah but having bing sing where they're supposed to be overseas in the war when he sings white christmas that is lovely yeah i really enjoy it even though it's cheap and it's weird no it works it it really works it really does work the big finale number is like so busy and insane you kind of like have a coronary a little bit it's a bit of an assault it, it is. It's, and it features some of the worst child ballerinas you'll ever see in your life. <laughs> like, these kids, they don't know what they're doing. They're endangering their health and safety. Yes, yes. I'm sure it was them. I'm sure it wasn't the studio heads. No, it parents. was them. It was their decision. <laughs> um, yeah, like, actually, the kids the kids totally seem a little out of it. Like, they're drugged. I don't know what they did to them to make them do that, but it's odd. Yeah, yeah. That was an odd choice. Yeah. And there are so many people in this closing number. It's of like a choral white Christmas where Rosemary and Bing like sing it, but then like a million choir people sing it. It's either kids, I guess. Yeah. And every, I swear to God, everybody's wearing red velvet. So it's just like flood of red velvet just yeah. coming and like assaulting your vision. I'm amazed that this inn could just keep expanding. That They could eventually turn it into a hotel, into a high rise. It's a into... barn, right? They do this show in the barn. That's oh, what it's supposed do. to be, but it, it's yes. this huge soundstage. Yeah. Like the size of a gymnasium. Yeah. yeah. It really is incredible the way they just defy the laws of physics. With yeah. This, this and it doesn't like the whole army come in at the end and they're I like... I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. it, it yeah. is... It's insane. Like, every time you're like, wow, this is a lot. Then, like, a hundred men in uniform come marching up on the stage. Yeah, every time you think, you're like, okay, that's it. They've (laughs) done... Oh, oh, oh. They could afford extras, honey, back then. Honey. They were like, we need 500 guys. And it was just like, yeah, this is a studio. Yeah. So we've got whatever. Yeah. You 500 Ken dolls just standing up there. (laughs) It is. It's wild. Yeah, all those those young men They can afford... Well, that's just what they could afford to put into one scene. And again, this scene, like, it's a big part of it. It's just this huge framing. It's like long takes. And it's just like, how is everybody under control for this? And then you've got the kids involved. Well, I wonder the kind of rehearsals that they would have done. If they would have had lengthy rehearsals or if it was just... They had six weeks of rehearsals for this movie, which is unheard of now. That's a gift. Yeah, that's unheard of. We're lucky if a play gets six weeks over. That's a lot for a play. So for a movie, it's insane. But that means that everybody knew exactly where they were going, what they were doing, who they were looking at, where the camera is, like Mm -hmm. everything. I guess that's how they could do such spectacular drawn out things with like a hundred people in the frame i think uh this is my winner of these two white christmas yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's delightful you, yeah it's so i went a lot of years just... not watching it and just see and then like so a couple of years ago i popped it and i'd seen it as like quite a few times as a kid and then i guess i sort of got sick of it and i always thought oh well holiday and that's the that's the legit one that's the legit one and then i watched white christmas and i was like wait this is really good yeah i didn't this watch is it really good until university i forgot how many songs in it and how many were good yeah Whereas Holiday Inn has just as many, if not more, numbers. I'm sure yeah, they have more. Yeah, but they're not all good. Not barely two of them are. Yeah, good. yeah. They're well, they're just not as memorable. No, but even the songwriting. Anyway, that's yeah, what I mean. Like they sort of meander as songs yeah. and stuff, and yeah. these ones you're like, oh wow, that's it's sort of like real catchy. It's like a real musical. Yeah. Or how a musical should be. And it's what you'd expect of Irving Berlin. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite White Christmas or Holiday Inn? You you let us know. You tell us. Do you? Do you like racism? Now, come on. (laughs) We have a new segment. It's a segment I like to call, I didn't know that. 
with Jerrica and Nancy. Hey, Nancy. Hey, Jerrica. So at the end of White Christmas, that hideous last scene with a hundred extras and the Christmas tree and the mentally gone child dancers... <laughs> They finished. Lobotomized. And that was a very complex scene to shoot, apparently. Oh, surprise, surprise. Oh, like, yeah. incra- crazy complex. So then, they literally finish. They have lunch. The movie is, is finished. It's wrapped. The king and queen of Greece come by to visit the I'm set. Sorry. And the director says, hey, guys, guys, um, we want to pretend to shoot this scene again. So that they have something wonderful to remember. <laughs> so we're just gonna, you're just gonna go up there, you're gonna redo, and they were like, uh, they get up on stage. They did it, they, they, they're waiting, they did it? they're waiting, oh, and God. Bing goes, I'm not doing this. And Clooney goes, Yeah, but we have to, I mean, and he's like, Mmm. And he literally just walked away from the scene. He's like, I'm going to play golf. Oh, fuck yes. He leaves. Oh, Bing. So the whole thing oh. they watch, because their voices are already recorded, because they're lip syncing these mm-hmm. numbers, you hear Bing. But where is he? he? He's on the golf course, baby. Yes! That, oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh. And also, did you know that? No. <laughs> I'm like your worst mom nightmare. <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. No, honey, honey. Stephen Tits. Honey, Stephen Tits. I didn't believe the performance. So if we could just, did you know? You, I would have done the same thing. You That's, did. oh, fuck yeah. You finished shooting this movie. That, it's because you're like a big shot man. Four months. No, I don't think just because I or Rosemary would have felt so good about going, I'm not doing this. Oh, no, I'm sure. Away. I'm absolutely sure. Yeah. That they. And I don't think Danny would have felt real good about it either. No, it's because he was, was just like, yo, fuck everybody. I'm going to get, oh, get some sugar crisps. Oh, I'm sorry. Me and my Oscar yeah. are going to go play golf. <laughs> So you end the movie by fake shooting another scene that everybody hated shooting. That's... That's the spirit of Christmas. That's horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's like... I it's thought like, it was quite charming. No, it's like getting to the end of the, the school year and be like, oh, the superintendent's coming by. Can you just like pretend to like take yeah, the test against me? Yeah, do one more day. Yeah, and do yeah, it. Exactly. You don't actually have to do it. You just have to like pretend. Yeah. They can just watch the goddamn movie, actually. Yeah. And suck my whole dick. <laughs> nice that's me that's it <laughs> that does coincide with your <laughs> reputation around town <laughs> i'm not well known and that's all for i didn't know that with jerica and nancy because i really didn't know that and i'm the worse for it i don't know <laughs> well i didn't say you'd be the better for it <laughs> well dear dozen of you out there the dirty dozen the dirty dozen thank you for joining us for this has been three episodes of season two i'm so so grateful to anyone listening and if you're out there i hope you have a very happy holiday and a merry christmas have a fabulous christmas and a drink on us we'll be back in the new year with some surprising exciting announcements and an episode that's gonna make you fucking sick i i'm already sick thinking about it yeah me too i can't wait i'm so excited i'll see you then bye bye Just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep, counting your blessings. And that 
that's how we do a black and white Christmas spectacular. Popular parallax theme by Ken Chamberlain. Happy holidays to all our fabulous listeners. Tune in January 2nd to come firewalk with us. It's just something you didn't know. Knowledge is power. And power is power. And (laughs) power bars... Make me poo myself. Let's cut that. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is, this segment, 56 minutes. So, I've got got a train wreck to clean up. Train wreck. Train wreck.